All right, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Mother and Crone. Um, again, Melinda's still out with that back issue. We've all got our fingers crossed that this next session that she's going through is going to take care of it. Now we've got a lot of things going on tonight, so we're going to want to wrap up a little bit, but I'm really, really lucky. I've got my, one of my favorite co-hosts on tonight again, so I get spoiled by having him twice, so I want everybody to say hello to Jason again. Hey, Jace, what's going on? Hello, how are you guys? We're talking well. about our tea. Yeah, it's been, yeah, let's talk about tea. Let's talk about tea. It's been that kind of week already. Um, okay. For those who are watching, these are peonies, which is actually the Corellian flower. Um, yes. And I don't know what this is, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> the hats I've been wearing are made. I buy the hat and I do the doodobbers on them, so we'll see what happens. So I said we're going to do some psychic teas this whole month because it's kind of cool. The veil's getting thinner. Um, sometimes you need a little bit of encouragement to, you know, get into that psychic thing and open that third eye a little bit. So, um, again, we're going to talk about star anise and I love it cause it smells like black licorice and I'm oh, the well, one that gets one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. The kids, I always ate the black jelly beans at, uh, yes. well, if you, okay. If you do not like licorice or, Black gel, well, I should say black licorice, you will not like anus. anus tea. At all. But you know what? I love it. Um, and when I was a little girl, my mother made the Italian cookies. And there are the anise cookies oh, or yes. anisette cookies. And I'm telling you, when I smell it, it kind of takes me back. But they look like a little star. You can see it on my little shirt. Um, these are organic. Um, they're not that expensive. And... If you, especially if you like to do a mold wine, you can actually put this in a mold wine. It'll, if you use a, a good port, it'll just, just one or two and it'll flavor the whole thing. So this is a great Yule time um, thing. You can also put it in apple cider. Um, we we'll say apple cider, and then you can add your cinnamon and other flavors that you like to your, uh, to your cider or hard cider, depending on how you want to, how you want to celebrate? But hard cider. It said hard cider. I, I said, is there anything but hard cider? I mean, yes, they they have regular cider too. Really? You know. Oh my yes. gosh! Educating this girl. Um, I've only look. I'll tell y'all. I love a hard cider if it's made well, um, and I really do. In the winter, I like it heated with the cinnamon stick in it, a little anise on it, and I'm good to go. Um, but unfortunately, the hard cider can really hurt you. If you're not careful especially if it's hot because hot alcohol does uh filter in a little bit quicker than cold alcohol when you're out there <laughs> liquor is quicker but candy is dandy or candy is dandy <laughs> but liquor is quicker <laughs> definitely definitely we don't want to bring that up um but no the uh star anise has a lot of um endearing qualities and we're going to go we're going to talk to scott um psychically um see this is why you need to use your psychic tea so you can get in touch with scott especially right now, and then you can ask him all these questions that um, you never got answers to. I'm sure he's listening and probably cringing about now because I'm, I'm doing this. Yes, but you would, but you are referencing his books, so. I definitely reference his books. I love showing, mine is like in really bad shape, but it's because I use it a lot. So um, a book that is not falling apart and not dog ear is not a book that was loved. So this uh -huh. book has been very loved. Or um, or have uh, bookmarked 
you know, where you have little pieces, you know, pieces of paper. And... I, you know, I use tissue sometimes. Yeah. It's that. Um, the seeds are burned as incense to increase psychic power. So if you want to, you can pull the seeds out and use those. Um, they're also worn as beads for the same purpose. Now, I could see stringing this in the morning because it would smell good. Uh, it's placed on the altar to give it power. One is placed to each side of the four directions. It also uh, is carried as a general luck bringer. I did not know that. Um, and the seeds make excellent pendulums. Well, thank I you. Could, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. I did not know that part of it. Um, I do know that cooking with it, um, it tends to be a Greek slash Italian, Greco-Roman herb. Um, mm -hmm. Uzo and Sambuca are both Ooh. the traditional alcohols, and they are both this. Um, Sambuca is Italian, Uzo is Greek, and it they're like usually 150 to 180 proof. So mm -hmm. it, it's some really good stuff, but it has this taste. So it's used a lot in cooking in the Mediterranean areas. And it's it's very strong. So if you cook with it, you just want to use a little bit of it to cook with. A little with. bit, yeah. A, a little bit goes a long way with it. Yeah. It's not like cinnamon or something that, you know, if you put a little too much in, you can still live with the cinnamon. You cannot do that with this because mm -hmm. it will totally destroy whatever you're eating or drinking. Um, I really like it. Like I said, I love using it for all kinds of stuff. There are a lot of Pinterest crafts that use this. Um, all kinds of doodads that people are making with it because of the smell. So it's kind of like, you remember the orange and clove pomaders used to make when you were a kid? Yes. Okay, well, people are using this in the same sense. And they're also using this with a potpourri, if you like the smell of it. Um, mm -hmm. Mixing it with a couple of herbs just to set it out and have that scent. Um, I guess because it is brings you good luck as well as all the other good qualities it has. There are some medical, but there's not a lot of medical because it wasn't really used quite as much as you would think it would be used. Um, it was used in alcohol. Now, you have to remember, back in the day, alcohol was actually um, considered medicinal. The water in, in some parts are not that good for drinking, and alcohol... Um, was used to calm you down. It was used for, um, it was actually used for surgeries in, during Civil War and stuff because they didn't have anything to put you to sleep with, so they get you good and drunk a lot of times before they amputate a limb if they could. So um, I know that sounds gross, but there are that property of alcohol. So a lot of times when you see, you know, something like an herb, it's used in alcohol because the alcohol is considered medicinal. It's a good source of the vitamin B complex, which we know. Um, it also has, um, it inhibits fungal infections. So it's good to be used if you have like um, athlete's foot, that kind of thing. You can soak in it or um, a yeast infection or thrush as it's called. Um, it's actually. Uh, uh, thrust is for the mouth. In the mouth, yes. Uh, yes. So um, that's one of the good things it's good for. It has um, reduced the symptoms of cough and flu. A lot of times um, you can actually buy cough drops that have that in there, like the whorehound cough drops and whatever cough drops. So it does have some of that properties. Um, it's some of the, um, this, what it is, in addition to the acid that's in it, the oil contains thymol. 
and it helps alleviate symptoms of the common flu. And it can also treat respiratory ailments such as bronchitis, inflammation of the lungs, because you've got to remember now we're talking fungal and inflammation, and this is an antifungal, so you're going to see where that falls in. Um, other than a lot of little things, it helps in digestive. Now, there's a lot of herbs that help with your digestive tract. And back in the day, people used the whole herb. They didn't go and, you know, get the drops and drop it in there. They actually used the whole herb. So a lot of times when they tell you that, it's not so much that it's just the little stuff in here. It's the whole thing. Um, and people don't always get that. Uh, it's also rich in vitamin C and vitamin A, um, which is obvious. It's supposed to help you sleep. Now, I really don't know if it does. It's got a mild sedative effect. Um, they say if you sip a cup of hot tea before bed. Um, a lot of times, just the act of sipping the hot tea before you go to bed is going to make you sleepy. Right. So it's six of one half to what? What is really causing you to get sleepy? Um, it's supposed to help with healthy bone growth because um, it's got it's rich in calcium, which women, you know, we need that for uh, osteoporosis. Everything. Yeah, and it's it's good for that. I mean, it, it does have some. It kills bacteria, like we were talking about with um, fungus. So it helps in that way. Um, so it's an antibacterial as well as an antifungal? Antifungal, and it's also antioxidant. So, I mean, you've got a lot of good things going on with it. Um, you can use it in a lot of different things. Um, it promotes a healthy skin, and they think that's because um, the pods contain collagen. And if you yeah. are into that, you'll know all the products on the market now tell you how much collagen they have in them. Right. But it's supposed to keep the skin firm and wrinkle free. Um, you know, I mean, that's there's a lot of things can do that. If you use any type of um, actually a moisturizer, it does the same thing. So um, but it's been used for thousands of years. Um, it grows in the Mediterranean in Europe and Asia. And um, it's actually translated the latin name for it translates to sweet root so and it's supposed to be the extract of licorice root can be up to 50 times sweeter than sugar Ooh, yes so we've got some good stuff on here about it um it is a nice like a this is one of the things i can actually put in my tea and i don't have to put a gallon of honey in with it you know how I feel about mugwort. I've never gotten over mugwort. So uh, for me, I, I've if mugwort tea is very bitter, I guess would be the word I would use. It's earthy. It's like so earthy can have kind of a bitter a bite to it, kind of like uh, Earl Grey at the the bite at the end. But yes. And I can honestly say, as terrible as it sounds, I have never been a fan of anything like that. So, I, you know, it's got to be sweet or not taste like I'm drinking dirt. Because that's what mugwort reminds me of. You know, when you were a kid out there making your little potions in the buckets. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. But mugwort is good and it's even um, smoking a lot. People will use that in those um, water pipes. Yes. And I understand it's really good, but I'm not a mugwort fan. I know that's terrible. All right. We're going to continue about uh, Samhain, All Saints yeah. Day, Day of the Dead, 
Now, it's interesting because we have our Samhain and we, it's been going on for thousands, hundreds, millions of years because it's, you know, it's getting colder, that kind of thing. It, it is. Well, I mean, at one point in time, this was New Year's. This yeah. is their New Year's celebration. This is, you know, the last harvest. You're getting ready to go into the colder months. It's time to celebrate, you know, with a big, big party. So. Yeah, it's it's our celebration. It's our time to reflect back on our ancestors. So for a lot of us, it's a bittersweet kind of, you know, you want to remember the good times, but, you know, there's always that little sadness that creeps in. So the Catholic Church, when they were trying to do their pagan convert, um, brought up the next day to be All Saints Day or All Souls Day, depending on whether you're pre-Vatican or post-Vatican too. And that was a veneration of saints, which is venerating your ancestors, ancestors. which is kind of what we already do. So it didn't take a lot to nudge it one more day. Now, our celebrations, as well as um, All Saints Day, is um, All Saints Day celebration. It is a um, holy day of obligation in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. You do go to church. It is a solemn occasion. Um, it's remembering, and they go through the litany of the saints and all kinds of stuff. But um, it's kind of neat to think about, you know, and you look at your saints. Of course, the Catholic Church has a patron saint for everything. Um, so the litany of saints just goes through a few of the saints. Each church does their own litany type thing. But it's, it's interesting because if you look at it, they're venerating their gods or demigods. I hate to say it like that. But we also celebrate our gods and our ancestors when we do this. Because on I mean, your ancestor well, I mean, altar, do you have a god or goddess statue on your ancestor altar? No, I do not. You don't? I have the goddess statue on my ancestor altar because she's an ancestor. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have my ancestors on my altar as well as my Karelian ancestors on my altar. So. Unfortunately, I, the list is getting longer, but... I know. I, this past year has been uh, crushing, actually. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, for us, it's a little more bittersweet. But now if you look at the, um, and it's based mostly in Mexico, South America, uh, Dio de las Muertes, which is the Day of the Dead. Now, their celebration is actually a celebration. It's a party. Um, you... They, they, you know, you take offerings to the gravesite. You sit down and have, you know, lunch with your ancestors. I mean, you sit down, you eat, you honor them. I mean, you know, with offerings as well. I mean, a lot of times, you know, they pour some libations on near the gravestone as well as, you know, some food. But you sit down and it's really amazing and love the celebration. I mean, I, you know. Well, for those who don't have the heritage or have never seen it, um, Pixar has a movie out, Coco, uh -huh. which I thought did a really good job of explaining it. And 
doing it in such a way that it was understandable for the children watching it. I watched it with my nephew. He's nine years old. So um, he had a couple questions, but he pretty much followed what was going on and how it was done. So I thought it was a great way to explain how to celebrate your ancestors, um, to not be sad, you know, because for them it's festive. Uh, um, there's a, also another one that kind of goes through all of the traditions of Halloween. I mean, including is the Halloween tree. It was written by Ray Bradbury. It's a, I, I usually, they, they turn it into a cartoon. Um, but it, it's a, it's very good as well. I mean, it, at near the end, they explain Day of the Dead. Uh, they go through Egypt, uh, Gargoyles and Notre Dame, which is, um, different things it's really it's really and that good. was ray bradbury right ray bradbury yeah it's called the halloween tree um one of my all-time favorite sci-fi writers that's why i had yes. oh, ray bradbury yes i think that it's in any tradition it doesn't matter what your path is to remember your ancestors and remember where you came from and and to understand what what's going on in, in your past family has mm -hmm. a great importance to what's going on in your life now. Um, and you can learn from it. I mean, you know, you know, you know, I can't say mistakes, but experiences that your family experienced, you can learn from it. You can, you know, understand. And well, during um, the Great Depression, if you notice folks like my parents would save everything. You would find oh. the junk drawer in the kitchen had yeah. pieces of string, broken rubber bands. And I always thought that was like, why? Well, I learned that during the Great Depression, those things weren't around. Right. And they were worth their weight in gold. Mm -hmm. And people would be like, oh, you've got a piece of string. that You could do so many things with a piece of string. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, they started printing potato sacks with... Uh, patterns on it because people were turning them into dresses and right. um so if you look back the, the, then that's they, why they were a epitomant of recycle reuse i mean you know nothing got thrown uh, upcycle away. upcycle i should say let, let, let's yes, go let's upcycle new, upcycle <laughs> yes let, let's let's make it modern you're going to upcycle yes. it yes my grandmother used to drive me insane with twist ties she thought they were the bee's knees. She was constantly, she had a pile of them, man. She used um, them for everything. Well, I mean, my grandparents taught me how to can. I, you know, something that doesn't, you really don't, you know, oh, I just go down to the grocery store. Well, my grandparents still can't. I mean, they still green beans and vegetables from the garden. and I can. <laughs> spaghetti sauce. I grew up on a farm, so. <laughs> yeah, spaghetti sauce. That was a big one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can always pull that off the shelf anytime. Mm -hmm. um, but when you think about it, if you know your ancestry and you know a little bit about it, I saw the um, on Facebook, someone had posted a generational chart. You know, you have two parents. From those two parents, you have four grandparents. From that, you have eight. And I mean, they kept going exponentially right. where nine generations was what, almost 3,000 people. Yes. And you stop and think about, you got all of them behind you. Yeah. 
Um, and they're there. We know the energy from, from those people are still here on the earth somewhere because energy doesn't leave. So you've got all of that massive behind you, only nine generations. Now, that's not that long. Generation is only about 20 years. Right. So in under 200 years, you have over 2,000 ancestors. Yeah. And that's just, that doesn't include brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. I mean, that's just straight line, mother to child, you mm -hmm. know, kind of line. If you include the aunts and uncles and everybody else around, I mean, it, it's exponentially larger. Yes. So, well, especially, I mean, um, but it was not uncommon uh, for my grandpa, uh, grandparents' generation to have nine or ten siblings. Right. My mother um, had quite a number of siblings. My father was one of eight. So that was like, wow, I, you know, I had all these aunts and uncles. Which is kind of, you know, they went from, you know, having, you know, nine or ten kids down to most people have two you know, three at the most. Yeah, I look at my family tree. I have almost 25 first cousins on one side. Yeah. So I just look at my cousins and I'm going like, wow, you know, my children, if they look at just cousins, you know, how many do they have? It also helps a lot of times. Um, my father's people have been in America for quite a number of generations, almost 200. Um, my mother came over to this country, so I'm first generation American, but it's neat to look at that kind of stuff because it explains things that you do around your house, how you decorate, how you think, and you don't realize. Okay, I mean, it. I mean, let's look at one of, one of the most traditional Halloween things to do, carving pumpkin. Well, it actually started carving turnips. Thank you, Irish. Yeah, carving turnips. I mean, you know, well, turnips weren't exactly readily available, but pumpkins were, and gourds and, you know, different things like that. So they went from turnips to pumpkins. To pumpkins. But if you look at it, you do things, and I knew because I grew up in a multi-ethnic household. Yes. And there's things that you do that if someone is from the same ethnic background, you do them the same way. You don't realize it. Um, right. Lori Blackman and I were cooking at Angela's one night and both being of Italian descent, we just were, we were in harmony in the kitchen and we were just oh, yes. doing things together. And it was like, we've never cooked before together. It's not like we're, you know, she lives what, three, four States away from me. So, yeah. I barely get to see her. I mean, I've only seen her, what, three or four times? And it was amazing that we could walk into the kitchen and let the Italian side come out, and we were good to go. When well, you... also, also how some traditions begin. I mean, um, how, you know, things you, you learn from your, you know, your parents and so on and so forth. Well, um, I read a story online about, well, always, you know, lob the – part of the leg off when cooking a turkey. It was just how it was done. You, you know, that's how the mother taught the daughter. And then, and well, it was a big family get together. She was, you know, one of the last holidays that the great uh, great grandmother was going, you know, possibly she was in her nineties. And they asked her, why did you do that? 
So it fit in the pan. Why do you do what you do? Yeah. But I mean, you know, you saw that, oh, that's what we have to do. Well, it, that, that's the, the original reason was to make it fit in the pan, but, and it became something that, you know. A tradition because yeah. people did. Now think about some of the traditions that are passed down in your spiritual path. Why do you do this? Why do you start in the north? Why do you start in the east? Why, you know, I'm a why child. I have to ask those questions. But what amazes me is a lot of people don't know why they do what they do. And when you get with an, and I, I grew up, like I said, half my household when I was with my mother was all Italian. With my father, it was native and Scots and Appalachia. So, I mean, we were backwoods people. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the things that I did when I would stay with my aunts and uncles back in the Appalachia, I would come back to Baltimore, Maryland to go to school. And I had to readjust because what they did normally I could not do in school. Well, I mean, I mean, then you're dealing with sociology where, you know, normal here doesn't necessarily mean normal normal there. Yeah. But if you take your ethnic groups and you do things ethnically or because that's that's the way you were taught. Yeah. You know, um, then you start understanding about tradition and you start understanding what's going on. And then you start looking at your ancestry and then you start finding out you've got, you know, 4 million aunts and uncles all over the place. And, oh, yeah. you know, your great grandparents did this or your great grandparents are from here. And when you start looking at your background and you start seeing all that ancestor, you know, I hear people say, oh, I only have one aunt or uncle. I said, oh, but how many grandparents do you have? How many great grandparents do you have? Um, and ancestor doesn't necessarily mean blood. Um, if your parents divorced, then oh, yeah. you have a stepmother and a stepfather, which are ancestors, mm-hmm. because one well, or the other I, raised you. Right. I was fortunate. I would um, when I was born, and up till about, I want to say I was about seven. I there was five generations alive at one point in time. Oh my God, that would be like, that's crazy. So I had. Uh, great great grandmother mommy davis and you know way she was raised i mean you know indoor plumbing was not a good thing you you, was not you know you did not have it um well she had got breast cancer so she was doing treatment for for that and things like that so she had to stay in the hospital well her kids were concerned that going out to the well to, you know, get water. So they brought in indoor plumbing, indoor plumbing. By what, by what I mean by this is they brought the pump inside. They ran a line, but the pump was in, you know, on the, on the inside rather than outside pumping. Yes. Um, my, my mother went to go visit her and threatened to come live with her because, you know, they did this. That's not how it's done. You do not have indoor plumbing in the house. That is, you know. (laughs) I'll tell you, there was a fight when we tried to ring the bathroom in the house. Mm -hmm. You don't want those germs in this house. I'm like, no, no. For hundreds of years, people have had indoor plumbing. The ancient Romans had indoor plumbing. Yes. You know, so it's safe. It really is, you know. But yeah, indoor plumbing, um, 
bathrooms in the house were not considered. Like I said, so I mean, I'm I'm not that many generations, you know, off from that store. I mean, you know, I'm, like I said it's I'm I'm fifth, like I said fifth generation alive, but that is a you know. And that's, it, that's the kind of neat stuff too that you learn about your ancestors. Yeah, or um, she was a very stubborn woman. Like I said, she had cancer. She went through chemo and did that whole thing. Hmm. I'm not going to lose my hair. I'm not going to lose my hair. That woman did not lose her hair. She put it out there in the universe, didn't she? She, she did. I mean. Um, I wish I could have said that. I got patchy. Ooh. It was terrible. Um, well, another, you know, family tradition. Uh, if you would ask my grandmother, she she was an herbalist. You know, she, if, if anybody had any issues, they would come to her and she would make an herbal tea and, oh, that will help your cough. Oh, your this will help that, so on and so forth. She would take me on nature walks, pointing out different herbs. Um, but if you asked her, she was a Quaker. Even oh. though she was, she was the Quaker. I mean, that she was, that's what her, you know. My God-fearing Christian woman. Mm -hmm. But every full moon, she lit a candle and put it in the window. Did you ever find out why? Uh, unfortunately, really, uh, when she passed away, I was seven. You but know, was... that's the thing I miss. There's so many things that... Um, as I'm getting older now, I'm, you know, I go back and visit home a lot more now than I used to. And I talk to a lot of my cousins and there's things that we talk about. And it's like, I wonder why they did this. I wonder how come we did this. And there's nobody left in my father's generation. My last aunt died on my birthday, April this year. She was the last one in that generation. And it's like, wow, well, she was our go-to. She knew everything about everybody oh yeah everything. i mean also the nicknames that they would give each other um my <sighs> grandfather's name is carl vanis carl vanis it, it was his given name but they called him pete my my great my great aunt sue that's what i've always called her you know she's my you know a great aunt sue her name was like <sighs> dorothea Wow, that's a No Sue whatsoever. And, and you know, I've asked, I asked her because that's what we just called each other. Not, not any rhyme or reason. That's just what we called each other. That is so weird. I have an aunt who was called by her middle name. Mm -hmm. I did not know until, oh, my gosh, 10, 15 years ago what her first name really was when we were doing the family history. It was my grandmother's name. Mm-hmm. And my family, now I'm going to tell you, we're Native and Scots, and my aunt's name is Juanita. So okay. I, I'm sitting there going, okay, I, I can't figure this out. Now, my grandmother's name was Pansy, like the flower. Yeah. So my aunt's name is Pansy Juanita. I'm like, where did we get Juanita? Is there something somebody's not telling us? Yeah. It was my grandmother had a best friend growing up and she passed and she said she was going to name her daughter Juanita. And sure enough, I, I never knew my aunt's first name. I always thought it was Juanita. We called well, her Aunt Nita. So I was like, where'd that come well, from? Well, another, you know, family tradition and my wife's family, um, the firstborn 
has always given the name Kelly. It, it, they're give, you know given name is whatever, but the firstborn of the is the protector. They protect you know the the siblings or that generation. Or terrorize them. Yeah, or terrorize them or all the above. <clears throat> but they are given the name Kelly. That is the and it's been passed down for the firstborn is always given the moniker Kelly. See, and we had an aunt growing up. It was actually my aunt's sister. We called her Aunt Kooky. Mm -hmm. My aunt's name was Mickey. That was not her name. I found out her name was Mildred. I'd go by Mickey too. Yeah. Um, didn't know. No. Like I said, my great aunt, great aunt Sue, how I found out she was that when she passed away in her obituary, her full name, I mean, they put her full name and then the nickname Sue because everybody called her Sue. They Nobody never would know her. who it was. No. <laughs> My cousin's uh, late husband um, was given a nickname, and I thought that was his name for the longest time. Um, mm -hmm. He just passed not too long ago. When they had his son, they gave – I got the announcement. Now, their son is about 18 months older than my youngest. And I was like – because – I got the announcement, but we already knew what, you know, she was going to call the baby. And she said, it's going to be Ted Jr. And I'm like, okay, well, William Frederick is nowhere near Ted. Right. But his father was called Ted and he's called Ted. And I was like, why? And then it was a silly story behind it. You know, nicknames, be careful giving them out. They stick for life. Like I said, never really explained where Pete came from. I don't know if she just said that's what we just called each other. Not, you know, like ran, you just randomly, hey, Stu, come over here. And, you know, and it's stuff. Now, yeah. you know, my cousin used to call my brother Ralph. My brother's name is Robert, but he called him Ralph. So my brother got stuck with the moniker Ralph for the longest time. He'd yell, hey, Ralph. My brother would answer. So my brother answered to that. It's it's bizarre. Your family traditions are first of all, nobody has a normal family. Let's let's no, put no. that right out there. We are all freaking dysfunctional. Totally. Yeah, yeah. If you don't think you are, take a good look because you are. Uh, if you don't think you're dysfunctional, you're not part of the family. <laughs> exactly. So when you look back <laughs> on generations behind you and you start hearing some of the stories and the crap that went on, you all of a sudden really seriously start feeling better about yourself because it's like, oh, I, you know, mm, good thing well, that, well, that the my, internet wasn't that, around. My, my my grandfather, I mean, when I uh, when his brothers were alive, you know, they did a group photo at one of the family reunions. Well, there's only two types of us, either short or fat or tall and skinny. Not, not nothing in between, you know, so you'd have, you know, great uncle, great uncle Bob, who's just as tall, skingly, you know, and then right next to him was my grandfather, which was short and round. <laughs> yeah, we have that in my family, too. And it's funny because my dad was the tall, thin one. Mm -hmm. He had uh, three brothers. One was built just like him. In fact, everybody thought they were twins, but they were three years apart. And the other two were fat. Of his sisters... He had one skinny one and two fat ones. And my mother was very, very thin. So I used to ask him where I was adopted from. 
Yeah. There, there's no way. My mother wore a girl size 12, and it was big on her. You know, my dad had a 34-inch waist, and he yeah. was five foot eight. So I'm like, guys, really, where did I come from? I, I really want to know my lineage, you know, because it, it's neither one of you two. Um, but I came out, and my brother's thin. My brother yeah. and my parents are thin, and I'm like, we look like the number 10. Well, um, my my older brother, he he's the tall, skinny, and then I'm the short, fat, which is... Oh, you can't be related. Yes, we're related. I mean, just look at our faces. You know, we look, you know, you can tell the genetics. I mean, you know, but. Yeah, but it's it's crazy when you start looking at it. Now, I was, I go back to visit my family. Um, and we did a couple of screenshots from, you know, Mother's Day and Father's Day when I was back in West Virginia and all that good stuff. I had three of my cousins with me. And you see their faces and on everybody's going like, Oh my God, you all look alike. I'm like, yeah, we do. We all sound alike and we all grew up in different parts. Like the two that were with me, um, their dad was career military. So his kids were born yeah, they all were over everywhere. The world. Yeah, they born were everywhere. everywhere. Um, my cousin <coughs> is living um, half an hour from where she was born. She's mm-hmm. never moved. She's my age. I have been all over the place. I've lived in a lot of different places. So, it was funny to hear all of us talking and we all had the same accent and we all look alike because everybody's like, if my hair is dark, I look more like them, but you know, my gray isn't as pretty as some people's gray. So we use the, the platinum in it, but it's amazing when you start seeing, and if you look back and have pictures, I'm fortunate. I have a picture of my great grandparents. And I look at that picture and I'm like, oh my God, genes in this side of the family are so strong. It's, it's not funny. We all look alike. I have second cousins that I could take their kids and walk off with them and nobody would question me. Oh yeah. Cause they look just like me. Poor children. Well, which was really funny. Um, the one tradition in my, uh, in my family, which my brother tend to replicate is having large distances between their children. Um, when I was 18, my father had a child. Oh, so when I had a child, I mean, my first one, I was 23, um, you know, taking my son over to visit and I'm like, you realize our kids are fighting over a game system, <laughs> but anyway, it's amazing when, and when I look at like Samhain and the, and the worshiping, you know, seeing our ancestors and celebrating them, um, it is a bit of a somber time, but I like, I prefer, uh, seriously, Dio de los, Day of the Dead, for those yes. who don't speak Spanish, because it's just, it's a celebration, and that's kind of the way of, I want to look at it. It's a celebration of the ancestors, but also of life. Yeah. I mean, you're... You know, it's. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I hate to break it to everybody and our listeners. No one's getting out of here alive. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I <laughs> you just killed I me, know. Jason. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry, but you know, none of us. We're eventually going to become ancestors and have to start this trip all over again. However, but I mean, it's reverent. I mean, you're honoring them, but you're also honoring yourself. I mean, you're. You're honoring your lineage a lot yeah. of times, whether it's 
Um, and I'll be honest with you, there are some step parents that stepped up and are more of a parent than the parent was. And yes. that's an ancestor. You know, and you look at people who had a big influence on your life, no matter who it was, whether it was a neighbor down the street or a relative or a teacher. There are excellent teachers out there that have changed your life. And it's those are the memories that I like to keep because it's like, wow, if it wasn't for that person, I would not be here now. It's, you know, either constructive criticism or a praise on it. Let's say you're an, you know, you want to be a writer. Well, you sub, you know, submit your paper to let's, you know, a teacher or whatever, you know, they'll give you criticisms, but they also along with it go, this is what you're doing right. You know, and they yeah. you know, lift you up. And next thing you know, you're a published author, you know, it is that one person that helped you get to where you're at. And that one person who took that two seconds, yes. I had an instructor, um, when I went to high school, I had a biology instructor, and my teacher, my science teacher prior to that, we did nothing in the class. We didn't, I was not prepped at all. When I walked into biology, I had nothing behind me. So he would stay after school and help me, and I, I thought the world of this man, I mean, I always talked about him, how he was, he taught with such enthusiasm. You had to pick it up. You just learned so much. Yeah. And I would tell my son about this guy, and it, oh, he's fantastic. And I just would go on and on for him. I was in my son's school, picking him up, um, giving him a hard time. And I heard this voice behind me, and it was that instructor. Mm -hmm. He left teaching um, the county school system and went into private school. He'd already retired. And I spun around and I was like, oh, and I was, of course, back in 10th grade going Mr. Yeah. Birch. Um, and my son was like, that's the teacher you've been talking about. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes. You know, I was so excited. Yeah. Of course, he's standing there going, what did she say? And Jason's like, oh, man, you walk on water, dude, you know. <laughs> and it was amazing because he t he was one of those teachers when I asked why would explain it to me. He He took two minutes and gave me an explanation. And I learned so much from him, not just biology. I learned um, how to research a paper, how to ask the questions, mm -hmm. what to look for, how to think critically. So I was telling my son, and then my son's like, well, I have him for one of my classes. And I'm like, you didn't tell me, you know. Um, but it was interesting because this man made such an impression on me that my son knew all about him. And then when he says, is this the guy you've been talking about? And I'm like, oh my God, yes. So it's not necessarily a, a relationship, like a bloodline, um, because if you're adopted, you don't know your bloodline, but well, you've got ancestors that are sitting there waiting on you. Cause trust me, an adopted child is a child that's super loved. And yeah. I have an adopted child and, you know, I just, can't get over them enough. So it's that kind of feeling. And um, everybody goes, I didn't know sh that they, you had any adopted children the way you talk. Well, you'll never know because I, I treat them all the same. I beat them all equally. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, but it's amazing when you start looking back and you can trace some of that lineage and you can trace why you do what you do, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, for, Ever since I was a little girl, you know, you'd spill salt, you did that. But, you know, but, but my grandmother did it. Yeah. I, 
I was supposed to, you know, and then I find out well, now, that now you're uh, throwing salt in the devil's eye, but yes. actually, yeah, but that's, that's what yeah. it was back then. So when we celebrate, well, okay, I mean, let, let, let's also explain what salt, uh, salt was used for everything. I mean, salt was used for a preservative. The word salary actually comes from the word salt because that's how Roman soldiers were paid. It was, was played in salt. That's why you're worth your weight in salt. Well, yeah. It's interesting when you look at those things like that and you start looking back at why you do what you do and how you do it. You don't realize how much, before you're seven years old, you don't know how much you absorb from your parents. Oh, no. Out realizing it. My mother was gone out of my life at seven. My aunt, about, I don't know, 15 years ago, I was back home, and I was clearing off the table, okay, a typical, normal, cleaning the table, because we had had breakfast, and I was, you know, cleaning up, and she turned around to me, and she says, she called me by my mother's name, and I was like, what? Because my mom's been gone for quite a number of years, yeah. and she was like, you just reminded me so much of your mother while you were doing that. How? I was seven when she left. And, and yeah. she was like, you do it exactly the same way. So you record this crap in your brain because your brain remembers everything, well, whether you're a consciously aware of it or not. Well, let's reverse roll this for a second. Um, my wife will call me my son's name because I will do something ornery like he does or Simon knock it off, which is my son's name son's name because he does the exact same thing as you know it is we all have a bitter honoriness in us you know but but it's amazing uh, and you don't realize that you learn so much in that short span yeah. that and that's your you're almost your pre-society because mm -hmm. you're you're at home you don't go out a whole lot you're not involved in much other than school and church if you go to church You've not expanded your horizons at that point. Well, so, I mean, and, unless, I mean, now, you know, we have daycare, but I mean, you're right. still. But it's still pretty much a small group. It's, yes, it's little groups still, here and there. And then yeah. when you start getting older is when you expand your friends and you start relatives, you start remembering them because you could visit your relatives. And unless they live with you or you, you don't know them every day, you don't know, you them, don't know them. No. You're lucky you can remember their names. Yeah. Um, or, or I, you look at it, oh, hi. But it's true. And then when you start expanding, that's when you start picking up other things and you learn different things. But it's amazing that in those first seven years, how much you absorb. You absorb your cultural norms. You absorb mm -hmm. your ethnic background, whatever it is. You're learning ethnically what you do. Um, my mother was from Italy. Uh, her deal was um, we were allowed wine with a little water in it for dinner because that was the norm for them. So I mean, or, that was the norm. Um, well, I was raised at kind of European style where before bed I would have a, I would say a six ounce glass, like a little juice of wine. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just. That was very much the norm back then. Yeah. Um, 
if you were sick, my grandmother from Appalachia was one with the hot toddies to break up congestion. Oh, I, yes. I had bad tonsils. My father said I was born with bad tonsils, but I had an issue with the tonsils and I would get infected every year and he would make the hot toddy. When I lived with her, she would make the hot toddy and, you know, make me I drink just, it. Uh, during the winter, I would get horrible coughs. I, I would just, you know, cough, 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 cough. The only thing that would help would be a hot toddy. That's, uh, it breaks up all of this up here. Yeah, it, the warm and the, you know, the honey and other And the things. alcohol helps, <laughs> yes. yes, I'm sure. Well, now wait a minute. Growing up, when my kids were little, you you still put whiskey on their gums or so you still put whiskey gum. on their gum when they're teething I, yep. I might what my mother did to me uh, that's what it I did to because kids. it numbs it you know it it helps it really it does helps. but those are the little things you know if you talk to somebody who's out of your culture area and you say to them oh yeah we had wine at, at dinner almost every night and they're going especially in america you know um in europe if you're in England or if you're in Ireland and your head is above the bar, you can order. You can, you can drink something, yeah. You know, so it's never a question. They yeah. know you can. So it's, it's those kinds of things. And when you start looking back at your ancestors, many times the water was not potable. You could yep. not drink it. Mm -mm. Um, so alcohol was the only thing you could. Now, you got to remember, too, you grow up drinking it. You build up a resistance to the alcohol. Um, you're not so much, and you don't get sloppy drunk every night. I mean, no. really, you know, one glass of wine is. Well, not I mean, also, I mean, because alcohol was never a mystic thing for me. I mean, I mean, never was, you know, never hidden, never, you know, locked away behind a cabinet. If I, you know, wanted, you know, a, drink, a sip of something, here you go. You know, nothing. And so I never, I never, mystery. I never adopted the. I can't say the spurging to have to go out, you know, get drunk on weekends, you know, that type, you know, to, you know, be the bad, the binge drinker, be the bad yeah. yeah, binge drinker to the, because, okay, it's alcohol, you know, nothing, you know, nothing major, nothing. Just like any other drink. Yeah. It's, you drink too much no, no different too than much having, you know, you're going to get sick. Yeah. You know, there if, were, you, if you drink too much of anything, it's going to make you sick. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, my mother didn't like us to drink out of the water faucet. Um, she wanted to boil the water first, mm -hmm. and it would freak her out when we come running in from outside, put the glass under, go like this, and go down. She's like, no, 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 you know, because she, she would boil water every day, so we had fresh water to drink. Because it wasn't potable. I mean, okay. you still... In it, Europe, it wasn't, because she grew up during World War II, and the bombs yeah. overhead are mm -hmm. dust, and everything's in the water, so... and. Their water tables in Europe, I mean, were destroyed to a great degree. So you had to do that. I like the idea of celebrating the fun because I'm a, more of a fun person. I mean, we sad holidays are sad holidays. I don't, I'm not good with them um, because it's, there's enough in this life to be sad about without having a sad holiday. Now, Samhain is that quasi like i said it, it hurts a little bit sometimes my grandmother the one who raised me um died on halloween 1968 um and oh, just a couple it, years ago yeah just a few years ago um it's always hit me hard halloween does hit me hard because of that because she was my mom 
and I lost her way too young. So I, I approach this holiday and I try to get up because if I let it, it will drown me. Oh yeah. It will just take me right. It will suck me right under. So what I, you know, raising my children, they learn about celebrating the ancestors and, um, there's nothing for them to go to a uh, cemetery or graveyard to visit our relatives or anything. They, they think that's great. So we don't go sad and cry. We go and right. converse with them. And it's really bizarre because people who do not normally go to graveyards to talk to people will see you and they'll see you sitting there talking. Because I, I hold a conversation. Yeah. I sit on the grave and I'm like, okay, we need to talk about this. <laughs> And I start a conversation. So, um, or any advice, you know? (laughs) Yeah, if if you're not used to that, it can be a little daunting. People will go, ooh, uh, and they will make a wide circle around you. But my kids grew up with that. So they think it's perfectly normal to want to go and sit and ask a question at the gravesite. Or not like they save it up, but it's like, okay, we're going to go down Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know, that kind of thing. Just because your relative has crossed the veil doesn't mean they're not there over, over your shoulder talking to you. Let me tell you. I mean. This time of year, my grandmother is up my butt. I can smell her. Um, well, I mean. Her, it's a okay. smell. I mean, yeah, the smell. I mean, if you hear this time, the veil is thin. I mean, more occurrences of hearing your name called. And mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're complete. You're completely alone in the house, and yet you hear your name called, or, or you can't sleep, or you can't sleep, or you will have dreams of your family relatives. members. You will have dreams of family members. Um, mine has always been. I could tell when Grandma's around. She wore that Avon silicone hands, mm. for, and it has a certain smell. That and the Jergens almond, the original Jergens almond hand cream. Mm-hmm. Either one of those two, she's there. My grandfather smoked pipe, and it's cherry, cherry tobacco, vanilla. but with juicy fruit, because he mm. always had a pack of juicy fruit in his pocket, so you could smell the two together. And when I smell the two together, it's like, okay, what you want? I'm uh, right here. Uh, um, my father has passed away. Uh, cherry vanilla. Cherry vanilla. Paps was an old cherry hard. It, it was a bitter cherry. It's not as nice as it is now because this is my grandfather died in the 80s. So, But he would smoke that pipe and you could just, that scent mixed with the juicy fruit, it's him. And yeah. um, Well, see, the, the cherry vanilla was my father, but it was also my great-grandmother, Granny Pang. So she, you don't know who's coming at you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> See, I like to know. <laughs> I got she, a head. Like, she liked that blend as well, which your grandmother, yes, she did. She had a corn cob pipe. That's what she smoked. And that's. Well, it's better than my grandmother. It was snuff. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with the snuff. So, but it's, you know, when you look at the holidays, like children, it's sometimes difficult. I know with my kids to get the point across when they're little about the ancestors, they don't really care. Um, well, I mean, you, I mean, you're also building, you know, you're passing on your traditions, but you're also starting your own traditions. I mean, this was a time for me and my mother, my mother loved 
um, she hated scary movies, but she loved doing haunted houses. She would help mm. uh, the local uh, union over here to, uh, to do their haunted house. She would do their makeup and well, I happen to be one of her guinea pigs. Oh, she, she'd love to, you know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I've been there, you know, she did the whole, you know, I was an old lady for a while. She did the whole tissue paper, t- tissue paper wrinkles. Yeah. Uh, icicles. She did, you did the whole effect where I would have like icicles hanging um, and different things like that. It's kind of fun when you start looking at it, but when my children were little, um, trying to describe this was a little hard. Now they're older, they get it, they're teaching their kids about it, that it's not, you know, they do the trick-or-treat. Of course, everybody's going to do trick-or-treat. I mean, let's oh, yeah. face it, that's a lot of fun. I still like to trick-or-treat, okay? Yes, I wear my, I've been wearing my clothes. I have about 30 outfits, um, and I start wearing them the 1st of October. So every day I come into work, I've got something witchy on. Um, but it, I love dressing I mean, up. It's fun to dress up and hand out candy. Well, it, it's just fun to which dress is up and, really, and do you know, something different. I mean, as your kids get older, you know, not a, you know really a, I can't say not allowed to go trick or treating, but it's you know not socially acceptable for you know. But they still want to get dressed up. They still want to have fun. They still want to dance, and you know. That's so, why I used to love the Halloween dances for the kids, um, mm-hmm. like the teen centers and stuff like that, because they get the chance to dress up and you know be a little crazy and. It's kind of like that you're somebody else. You're not, you can be what you want you to, to be. Be that superhero if you're yeah. the geek. You get to yeah. embody that person for a day. I mean, you get to. You, you if, get to live a dream for a yeah. day. And I think it's great. I, I personally am in favor of everybody <laughs> trick-or-treating. I love it. For adults, if I come to your house, a miniature is wonderful. Um, <laughs> But I do. I think it's great. Um, it's usually when they hit that 11, 12, 13-ish, they kind of start gravitating away a little bit. Well, I mean, not really. I mean, then, then you start having the, the parties. You know, you're going That's, to... Right, you go to the yeah. parties, but you don't anymore. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't do trick-or-treating, but you, you still get dressed up and you go to the parties. Parties. And, you know. uh, my oldest nephew, uh, he's a senior this year in high school um and i promised him i promised him his halloween outfit every year so uh he picked it out and i ordered it for him and i'm like i'm loving it that he's still dressing up i'm so excited about it you know i'm like oh what are you gonna be and he's like really he's like you know six foot tall and he does this really Uh, oh my god but it's a fun time in that aspect and i really enjoy seeing the kids get out it's I don't see anything wrong with any age going trick-or-treating and just enjoying that one night of freedom. I see it as a freedom type thing because you can be whatever you want to be. And it's it allows our little fantasy life to take over, but it allows us to enjoy that time. Well, you know, it allows us to go out in public and, you know, what we wish we could wear every day. What we wish we could wear every day, yes. Some of us get that privilege. But I really enjoy and I think – with a lot of people, um, there was a big ban on it at one time. If you remember, they were you know trying to shut down Halloween. It did get stopped because of COVID, and I totally get that. Don't get me wrong. I, I get the COVID thing. Trust me. Yeah. I cannot have the shots. I am immune compromised. So 
I'm in panic mode a lot of times, but for them to have this one night where they can just, you know, cut up, I have seen some of the spiritual witches, you know, oh, my kids will never do that. Let them be kids while they can be kids. Shoot, enjoy the time yourself. Okay. There's nothing okay. more fun than a witch's ball. Okay, I mean, even as an adult, I love to dress up. I mean, do the witch's ball thing and, you know, dress in costume. We do what we do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. Oh, for a while, I was doing. Um, I, I'm a Pierce Anthony fan. They, there's a series called The Incarnations Immortality. Well, each year I was doing one of the books. One year I was, um, the, well, the first book is called Riding a Pale Horse. Well, I dressed up as death. Yes. Oh, you went around. Oh, that's usually Christmas time. But okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I you know, if the next well. year, right? Next year is uh, basically Father Time. So I dressed up as Father Time. I just think it's really awesome. I mean, for me to have that time and for the kids to have it. Um, we're on a spiritual path. We're on a spiritual journey. It's an everyday thing. When you can take a break and enjoy it and talk about your ancestors too. I mean, there's no reason you can't combine this and make this such a wonderful holiday yeah. and just throw everything together. Start your own traditions. Now, there's still with the, 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 the I mean, there's, there's crafts. I mean, uh, you could do oh. portables where you could do an ancestry altar. Right, where you know you can put a picture of and then it has the, the whole frame and everything like that and you can set it across your mantle or on your bedside table or whatever and, and you know have a little tea light candle and simple it doesn't have to be uh, you know one of these huge you know i mean my one wall in my house i have all of the old pictures on it and that's basically an ancestor altar because my great great grandparents are on it my grandparents are on it you know, aunts and uncles that are no longer around, and everybody's on the wall. So it's kind of like an, an ancestral wall. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good to have it around. Um, it's good to practice your path, but you need to have a little fun too. Goddess has a weird sense of humor. Just look around, guys. You know, yeah, look at it, look at it, look at the O faces. Oh, anyway. Um... <laughs> yeah, we're not going to, but you know, I mean, it's it's a time where you can combine all of this together. Yes. I don't see this as a strict, well, you got to do this and you got to do that and you're doing this. To me, I like to pick what I like and do it. Well, uh, so, well Halloween's fun. Let's well, celebrate Halloween. A um, couple of years ago, I well, last year I couldn't do it because of you know the whole wonderful COVID thing. There was yeah, no real point. Kind of killed but, everybody. Yeah. Um, I decorated my front porch. Well, I, uh, I did this whole, you know, witch's cauldron type thing and okay. had bubblies and dry ice. I, I use dry ice. Uh, I, I, I'll share the secret, you know, for the best bubbly and fog, dry ice works beautifully with a little warm water. <laughs> and then if you add, uh, if you add a, uh, like a rotating led light, you get the different colors. It looks really good. It works um, good too with lava rocks to make it look like it's hot coals. Yeah. There's... Well, the, 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 uh, another, if you take um, orange uh, lights, string lights, you put them in a ball, put some sticks, and then some spray foam. If you plug it in, it looks like fire. Fireplace. It looks like embers. So there's a, a, 
there's so much to do and there's so much fun. Um, I hear a lot of straight lace witches are like, oh, we don't celebrate Halloween. Why not? Celebrate Christmas and Yule. Hey, that gives us two holidays. Yeah. Well, I'm great it, okay, holidays. if you really want to go, to, it's Saturnalia and it's the whole week. So there you go. <laughs> the whole reason that we have Christmas. <laughs> a whole week of drinking and debauchery by the Romans. Yes. Um, it's good to be Italian. <laughs> But I, I just think that people, uh, there's a lot of witches who walk around with a broomstick up their ass. You know, uh, it's, but I mean, but if that's how they want to, that's fine. Yes, that is great. It's wonderful. But, but don't don't bag us for the ones that that want to celebrate and have fun. Yes, yes. This can be a really good, believe it or not, family celebration because you can talk about your ancestors. You can talk about. And Your it's crazy normal. aunts and uncles. And it's normal. Yeah. You know, in, 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 in my family, you're always like, oh, you're just like aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so, or yeah. you can do that. Like, and you're always compared to a generation or two you, above you. You know, you, well, me, you know, you cook just like your aunt Mabel. Yeah. <laughs> you, you make the green, you make your green beans just like your aunt Mabel. Just which, like aunt Mabel does. Yes. yes. I get a, a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff where it's like premonitions in my family are very big. Um, my one aunt could hear, she was audio and yeah. she would hear. So uh, that growing up was normal there. Don't ever go to Catholic school and tell me, see ghosts or hear ghosts. <clears throat> that padded room comes real quick. Oh, but, well, uh, well, and again, if you say it the right way, it's perfectly normal. Yes, but when you tell them that you're sitting on the front porch talking to a ghost, it just right. But you know, didn't quite get across. But a okay, lot of but, that. Okay, but okay. Let's look at some of the saints. If you read their writings and their poetry, they really had a relationship with deity. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saint Joan of Arc. I mean, goodness gracious, she. She really. She was in a love affair. Uh, yes. That's the only way I could say. I, it, it, it was love. I mean, it, I mean, uh, and, Saint Teresa, and it's not, and it's flowers. not just. No, it wasn't physical. It was a deep, yeah, it honoring was a deep, love. Yes, and, uh, a lot of the, um, if you read a lot of the um, monks' writings as well. Oh, same, same thing. Are awesome. Oh yes, I mean, you they were connected i mean you there's no they denying. had a connection they, they, that they, i think we've lost yes they had where oh I, you know i believe in god no they had a personal relationship i mean no different than well let's say i'm having a conversation with you i right. mean that's how i mean i hear that and a lot as of people as who are not as a karelian yes as a karelian and way I practice, that's how I feel I have a relationship with deity. They're, they're not out here. They're right here. I mean, they're always with me. I can ha always have a conversation with them. I was going to say, you can talk to them. I yeah, mean, it's, growing up, I grew up Catholic. So we were, you had to be kneeling. You had to be in this thing. Yes. You had to do this. And I have found that with my path, I can just sit there and say, you know, goddess, I'm having a really bitch of a day. Yeah. And... I have this, it and it's not one-sided conversation because I'm hearing her. Yes. Whatever you, you, is going on, there is 
something there. Some communicate it might be simply a calm. It's usually for me a calm or a little breeze will stir. A or, little or breeze or or but you know you're getting yes i mean through. okay that's uh, one of my favorite things if i'm having a really really bad day i will go sit underneath the tree yes that's tomorrow's project <laughs> yes i will go sit underneath the tree and it just seems to <laughs> the trees get me man the trees get me they get me <laughs> um tomorrow is my day out in the yard to do a little bit of gardening so it's well, going to but, be that whole earthing thing. Yeah. Well, you sit down, but then, you know, okay, I'm having this, this is what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the, the trees will part a little bit and sun will hit you. I mean, if you're, you know, mm -hmm. it, it just something simple as that or a warm breeze or, you know. You, you, you just, see a, a toad or a frog or, again, or a, a bird will come or something that'll just, it or just you like look up and there's you. a deer. There's a deer, or you know, standing right, you know, about you know, fifty yards. But you know, I just think that's what's missing with a lot of. I think that's why we're getting so many people joining the pagan movement is because we do have that personal. We we actually tell you to have that personal. You're taught talk to your goddess. You you have your patron goddess, but then you have gods and goddesses, just like we have saints for yeah, everything. I mean, yes, I mean. I've been blessed over the years by different aspects of deity. I mean, uh, sometimes in my, I, you know, Thor, um, Aphrodite at times, and, you know, just different. Well, if you're having a really rough day, um, home-wise, Hecate, she's got us oh, home yeah, and uh, Man, you sit down and you have a conversation with yeah. her, she's going to get it. Yeah, you know, she's going to get what you're saying, right? Not a goddess of a hearth. I mean, when you're, I've been smacked by her a couple times. I'll have to admit. Yeah, oh yeah, that two by four feels real good. You, you need to pay attention to what's going on at the house. You need to pay. You know, right. this is what and you need to worry about. I think with us having that personal deity, like it's it's kind of like having their phone number. You know, the the direct dial line to God. You know, because there are times. Now, looking at it from a, a male-female perspective, there's times when you want your father's guidance, mm -hmm. and, he's and then there's sometimes when you, you need you need your mother's hug. Yes, or you need your mom to smack you upside the head. The two by four. Well, um, one of the ancestors, Mabel, she has a habit of doing that one. You know, hey, you need to pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they kind of make it obvious, but. You almost have, you feel like you have, you can pick that phone up and you can call. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you have so many to choose from. It's like, okay, who do you need and what Goddess do you of a thousand names. And, known and unknown. And, you know, in, in your mind, people. we humanize everything. Clouds, oh, yeah. dogs, cats, all that. We humanize it. Well, a lot of it is our bodies trying to adapt to our, you know, reality. It's called right. matrixing. I mean, when you're laying uh, as a child, when you're laying in bed, nothing but blackness, your mind will start putting shapes together to make things. To make something. That's a, to make something. So that's a, where a lot of nightmares, you know, monsters come from is our minds creating them. Trying yes. to make. But it's so cool that you can sit there and say, you know, 
I have my patron god and goddess that I call on. I'm sure they're probably trying to disconnect the phone line as we speak. <laughs> um, but there's times when, as a woman, I need a man's perspective or I want, you almost want that daddy. Sometimes yeah. it's just, I need to talk to daddy. Or yeah. as a woman, it's like, I need to talk to you as a woman. You yeah. know, this man is driving me nuts. You know, other women, you know how we all get together. We man bash and you guys get together and women bash. We know uh -huh. that. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Um, not that, never, so, that never happens. We never know. happens. We but love our spouse. There. Yes, we do to death. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's. Wrap it's around that, your neck. <laughs> yeah. Everybody says it to me. I said, mine's dead. I'm, I'm in good shape. Um, that's from uh, Pink's uh, song called True Love, which you know, you... Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's it's that neat thing where we can, you know, have that personal, we have the vision of that person and, and you talk to them and they, uh, I mean, look, they're just now figuring out the journaling works, duh. Yeah. Um, and we've been doing it for, what, a millennia or more. Yeah. But it's that kind of thing where you have that personal relationship and as growing up we had jesus and god and i'm catholic so we had mary so actually we did have a goddess yeah. i don't care how you look at it that's about how it worked out well but, she was not really adopted into a sainthood until oh she's above the saints if you're catholic yes i, I understand that Whoa. but i mean yes yeah they didn't a lot of um paths oh. don't even recognize her other than as a vessel Yep, yeah. she did her job. She's gone now. Um, we had that option. And I guess that's probably why there's a lot of recovering Catholics that are pagan, because we already had the male and female options. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know it at the time. We had God and Goddess because it was never explained to us. You walk into paganism, you're going like, uh, I've been doing this for how long already? Because we, we, you know, all the women pray to Mary and all the men pray to Jesus and God or Joseph, you know. <laughs> So it, I, I can't kind of say bizarre. that because uh, as during my journey, I did become Catholic for a time period until um, Archbishop Daniel put me back on my path. I have, however, I mean, I was there sitting in the in the front row doing the rosary, praying to Mary. I was always well. If you remember the Knights of Columbus, and in the fourth degree, that is your job. The fourth degree is a personification almost of the Knights Templar. My late husband was a member of the fourth degree. That's how I know. He was very big in the Knights of Columbus. But it, we had that god and goddess thing going on all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. I mean. So it was you, easier. Seriously. You in there, I mean, I'll, you will see statues of Mary. I mean, um, and private so, schools. I mean. <laughs> Because you've already done it, it was yeah. easier when you did that back. It's like, oh, yeah, God and goddess, not a problem. We've had this. Um, a lot of other paths that don't acknowledge Mary, I find a lot of times there's a, a glitch getting them over. Like, yeah, you right. can pray to a woman. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but I think we have the advantage of, first of all, patron. Well, I, I under my time my my brief time as a catholic i it helped me appreciate and also see the commonality between because growing up i 
I was taken to different churches, different places mm -hmm. of worship too. I mean, I you know went to a Methodist church for a while, a Baptist church, um, a Buddhist temple. I was taken to a synagogue. Cool. To, um, uh, Catholic mass, um, whatever you know, I was drawn to. My mother was okay with it. I mean, she let me experience these things. Um, what when you, I, you know, when I started to explore paganism, oh, she took me to you know different bookstores, different. Oh, this is they're they're going to have this meeting here, you know, and you know, ask and and I was fortunate. The people I met, you know, I, I'm a I'm a stupid kid, you know. I you know, okay, why are we doing this? Why are we? And they would honestly answer my questions. I mean, they would, you know, they would actually explain. There are not, you know, and this is, you know, I'm on on my path. I mean, I just think because of this. I mean, you know, and when I when I found the Karelians, um it was a good fit. I felt like coming home. I mean, doing the rituals and meeting the people. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, I've always been here. I just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, wow, this is, this is the way it's supposed to be. be. Yeah. The, 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 this is, this is home. And my late husband is Irish Catholic. Mm -hmm. I wrote my first Corellian ritual for Temple of the Sacred Arts way back in the day. I worked on that thing for months because I was going to get it perfect. And you yeah. know how you do it the first time because I had been a high priestess in other traditions. This is my first time, you know, doing the Corellian thing. And it's, it's different. I will tell you it's not Dianic. I've been with the Dianics. It's not Gardnerian. I've been with the Gardnerian. So it's a little like, okay, this is different. But, so but, I worked. But it's oh. As a Karelian, if you want to add those aspects, those part of the rituals that you enjoy, it's perfectly fine. Well, the, the thing was, my late husband went with me, and it starts pouring down the rain. We're outside. Now, he is an Eagle Scout. He threw up yeah. the tent. He threw up a cover for us. He did all this stuff, you know, and I was like, so I go through and I do the ritual, and it was it stopped raining when we did the ritual. Everything was perfect. It went off without a hitch. I was like, in my glory, I am yes. on cloud nine. I'm like, yes, I did it. We get in the car, we're going home. I'm like, well, how'd you like it? You know, I'm all, I'm still wired. Yeah, you're, you're still on that high. Oh, you're still on that, you're, that ritual high. Dude, I could have had a hundred ground and release. And I and still release. wouldn't ground. So we're driving along. He goes, it was nice. And I'm like, nice. What? You know, so I, and he's like, now, poor, I, I love my husband, trust me. He would get into church and he'd sit on the end pew and he'd put his arm here and the next thing you'd hear, <laughs> he had a sleep apnea. Anytime he's, he actually has fallen into his dinner plate. We used to pull his head back up. Yeah. But he really did have a medical condition, but it was just so funny. I used to laugh about it all the time. And he says, and he looks at me with this straight face. He goes, well, hon, you did a really good job. Everybody enjoyed it. He said, but I almost fell asleep. It was almost like church. And I'm like, you idiot. That's what it was. <laughs> but it was like, it's so similar <laughs> that he just went into the. So yeah. it must have been really good is all I can figure. But when I, we started this, this journey, I have found that 
the fact that we can combine. I can pull in something. Um, I can change this. I can call this deity and not this deity. Some of the best rituals I've been to have been put on by other traditions. Oh, yeah. I, I love going to a Gardnerian ritual. I love going to a Alexandrian ritual or a Druid ritual or Oh, I love the Druid. Cer cer uh, ceremonial. And cer I have now see in Baltimore we had all of that and we were really lucky. Um, we actually had one year um, we always celebrated all of the groups would do a big celebration. There was a big uh, UU Church, Universalist Unitarian Church in Adelphi, Maryland, and they had a CUPS program. And we went out there one year and we had 22 different groups. Mm -hmm. And we all did ritual together. Yeah. And it was the most awe-inspiring. I mean, I was like, it was so emotional and it was so wonderful. Nobody wanted to leave. We didn't close the place up until almost 3 o'clock in the morning. But when the we, cops came to go, it's time yeah, to close. Yeah, <laughs> the bars are closing. Like, you got to close it down. We don't want to go. It was so much because it was such a beautiful time. Yes. But everything I did there and everything we saw, everybody took a piece with it and were, if their traditions allowed, a lot don't. And, you know, I'll put that out there. Our tradition, I was like, man, we can use this and we can use that. We can pull this. And, you know, I was writing down all the stuff we could do. And it was really great because we got to celebrate, we got to share uh, ritual space, which if you've done it in a mixed group, it is different, um, yes. especially different traditions because they all do everything a little different. Yeah. I think some of the best ones I've been to were mixed groups, like Pagan Pride and stuff, where everybody took a little, in Baltimore, they'd say, okay, you got, your tradition has that quarter call. Your tradition has that quarter call. So you would have all of these different you, groups. You you would have one person calling the Watchpowers, the next person calling the Archangels. Um, right. And it was awesome because you would hear the most chilling calls. You, they, it would you know, get goosebumps. Animals uh, calling totems. Uh, it's Oh, it's, it's phenomenal when you do that. And yeah. they're like, I mean, you, you know, when you go to them, you know that's what's going to happen. But it's to share that rich history and to, to be able to just, To be able to share the knowledge and the, I mean, uh, as it's been said, we don't have, we don't have one book. We have libraries. Yes. Oh, yes, we do. Come I mean, so to experience, I mean, I mean, comparing denominations traditions to denominations but i mean it's it's kind of like that as well the i mean thing. there's a the big umbrella thing. for christianity with yeah. all these groups there's a big umbrella for paganism with all of these groups traditions where you know but i mean it's still you get to see those different flavors oh it's i love it and that's why when we have holidays come up i'm always like not necessarily let's mix it all up, but let's pull what we need from the different holidays and celebrate the holiday that way. Because if you have kids, they're going to want to go trick-or-treating. Let's be perfectly honest. I want to go trick-or-treating because I like candy. So we're just going to leave that out there. But, yeah, they want to go trick-or-treating. Oh, so you're, so you're the two-bag person. You know, one bag for them, one bag for one, me. Yeah. Uh, my children are at home. Oh, and this is my bag. <laughs> but 
it's great to do that. But then we can come back and we can celebrate the ancestors and have a great time with them and still honor everybody and everybody get a little piece of what they wanted. So to me, we're, we're super blessed because our tradition is open and allows that to happen. And, uh, and well, there are some traditions that do not allow children in their circle. I've been there, done it's that. It's not, yeah. a, you know, you, you, they're. It's adult only. I mean. And there are some times when yes, children can just, be a it, distraction. It, sometimes that, I mean, sometimes it's really good to just have the adult time. <laughs> yes. But I mean, Samhain is a good time to help incorporate the kids. This is what we're doing. It's wonderful yeah. because they can do the trick-or-treating and you can yes. come home and do ritual. Yes, you can do ritual and they're like, but then, you know, they're hyped up on sugar, but they really want to just sit there and spin. <laughs> uh, Benadryl. Works every time. <laughs> Stay tuned for more parenting tips. <laughs> but I would, these, I would not recommend it. I <laughs> uh, used to lot. But they're, uh, well, we're, we're very fortunate that our tradition does allow us to incorporate many, many different items. And even when, okay, I have traveled all over. I've been to a part of a, how many different temples, just like you, when we used to go to New York and yeah. have ritual up there. It, even though they were Corellian, it was a little different. Still different. I mean, and going to different, everybody does it just a little bit different. Right. And I mean, okay, um, uh, here in Danville, uh, one of one of the Druid groups, uh, his name was um, Pathfinder. Well, he wrote a song about calling the quarters. Well, it's called Ancient of Ancients. Well, I've adopted that, and that's how we call the quarters. Ancient of Ancients, I hear you calling now. Islands of Onwen calling onto me. It's just a way of calling each quarter. I mean, I think that's beautiful. If you can carry a tune for me, it wouldn't work. I, 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 I'll admit it. Well, right now I've got a kind of a cold going on. But I notice I go to Jacksonville, mm -hmm. um, and we have two big temples out there. You have Compassion League, and you have um, Chosen Path, mm -hmm. and they do different rituals. And it's so cool because you can pick and choose where you yeah. want to go. Well, even and, well, even you go to both. Okay, one's going to do it Saturday night. What or, or the other is going to do? Well, I should say Friday night, and the next one's going to be on Saturday night. You go to both, and they are different. They, you know, they've taken, you know, written their own ritual, or mm -hmm. uh, or I go out there and do theirs, and then I'm back here with virtual circle doing mine. Yes. Usually, I'm sliding in the driveway about eight thirty because ritual starts here at nine, so I'm sliding in at eight thirty trying on Sunday night trying to get here for the ritual, mm -hmm. but. By having all of that, it's the rituals are so much richer because you get something different every time you go. It's not the same um, in, in Catholicism. The word Catholic is actually Greek for universal. Yes. So that means everybody's doing the same readings on the same Sunday. It's a three-year cycle. They, they, they have, yeah, they have this, you know, a, a book that they've used for years. It's the same thing. This is what we're going to do. This is yes, the this, this is, is the scripture we're going to read. 
Well, if you go for three years and don't miss any uh, of the Holy Days of Obligation, you will have gone through both the Old Testament and New Testament. That's how it's yes. set up. So it's a three-year cycle. Yeah. So you got to figure out what year you're on, A, B, or C, and then you know what your, your readings are. That's okay. how down they've got it down. The priest gets eight minutes to speak. That's yes. it. Yes. And everything. Uh, I should is, say eight minutes of his own ministry. Yes, eight minutes for his uh, liturgy, and that's yeah. it. Because everything else is timed. It should be 52 mm -hmm. minutes, unless you have a long line for communion. Uh, it is that exact. Ours, I kind of liked it sometimes. Um, well, we work on Sometimes, sometimes we have, I should say, you know, ritual could be done in about 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah, but it takes us two hours because we got to eat and drink and. Uh, no, 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 I wasn't finished. Ritual only took thirty minutes, but the after party, <laughs> the sitting around or the, the before party, or the before party, you know. It's I well remember New York. We used to have the potlucks afterwards. Yes. Ritual was at what six or seven, and then <laughs> we were usually done by eight. I mean eight at the latest. And, and then we, we were the downstairs. after party? Yeah. Was the, the, the fire in the back. The, the fire out back. Or we were down in the, the basement kitchen area eating and drinking. And <laughs> two or three o'clock rolled around. It was time to roll into a bed. And then you yeah. rolled back out again. Um, I That's the aspect I enjoy. I know when well, I go to the, Compassion the, League. Yeah. I mean, just... It's like, you know, visiting your cousins, yeah, you know, it distant, your is. distant family. I mean, I've, when I've went to different temples, different, you know, different shrines, it's, it's like visiting family, you know, just, just distant cousins. Distant, well, look you know, at distant, us. We hadn't seen each other for how many years? And then we were at um, Jacksonville for Lady yes. Stephanie. Mm -hmm. And it was yeah. like old home week. Um, it, it was oh how have you been long time no see you know just and you just pick up where you left off yeah no no and it know. was great i mean that's the kind of thing and it was a big ritual we know that yes. it was lustration oh. on top of the well, yes everything else that went on i was like that was gonna die lots of um, classes and classes and 400 degrees and four layers of robes um yeah that was that was the fun part but it is it's very much like that and when you it's like visiting your different relatives when you go to the different temples yeah. because this aunt and uncle do this this way this aunt and uncle do this this way well it's just compassionately chosen path wherever you're going it's done that way and it's so much fun to be able to do that um the biggest thing i've been telling people i know COVID and you know now it's D and all that craziness um once we get back to where we can start visiting I encourage people to go outside of the tradition and go somewhere else if they can if they can because I know there's a lot of um of Chrissy and a lot of groups that don't allow you know visitors we to have an open druid circle over well now it's over in Indiana it's over oh. but always welcome you know I I get I get, you know, text messages, hey, we're doing ritual at such and such time. You're welcome. 
you know, that's how we did in Baltimore. We had um, Cedar Light Grove ADF. Mm -hmm. And we used to, I used to actually take my students, my witches, over to there and they would do the Rites of Kafina on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Um, that was their coffee ritual. They actually did a ritual and then they would go out and they do a spiral with us and all kinds of fun things. And you just, you know, a small donation. So we used to tease, I would call the head abbot. I'm, I'm, you know, the witches are coming, the witches are coming. And, uh, it was open and they would send, we had open doors yes. and if someone was leaning more towards a druid, I would say, go to Cedar Lake Grove. Just see how they do things and see if you like it. And they would reciprocate by saying, why don't you go over there and see the witches? You might fit in better there. And, it, and it's to find our thing with our group was never to hoard anybody. It was like, no. let me find what's good for you. I you mean, might do better as a druid. Or, yeah. you know, you might do better as a Dianic. Why don't and I call? You, while you're over there learning, oh, okay, that that might not be right for me but this is and you know you get to and it's great we had open door policy with a lot of different groups where you know i would call up and say i'm going to send this person to you i think they're better on your path and the same thing i would get the same phone calls back and forth um but i was really commended one time which really shocked me um one of the colleges in baltimore actually sent their students that we're doing women's studies <laughs> to ritual, to my ritual. Word got out. Um, yeah, I had students from three different colleges taking women's studies who had called and said, can we come and sit in a ritual? And of course, you know, we have open door policy. We don't care who yeah. comes in. Um, you know, what is it? Uh, you know, come in with an open heart and open mind. Respectful. Open I heart, mean, open mind. That was yeah. all that was required. Yes. And I got... Um, a lot of them were like shocked, like you're going to let us come. And I'm like, yeah, sure. This is when it is. This is where it is. Um, dress casual. Um, we're going to have a little something afterwards. If you want to bring, you know, a soda or napkins or something. I never asked the students to bring much because I know what it's like to work on a budget yeah. and they would show up. And you're you're, you're, you're lucky to have ramen. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of my students, um, my students were, were like all embracing these new people coming in because we had both men and women because yes. it depended on the instructor. But um, the colleges heard about us having open circle because the Dianics are not open. Uh, a lot of the Gardnerians aren't. Uh, Alexandrians, not so much. Um, just have someone come in and sit in a ritual. We're not going to try and, you know, convert you or whatever. You're coming in to learn about the ritual and learn about how women are empowered because you're taking a woman's study course is basically what they did. And they were like flipping out. They were loving it. And we got a lot of good press about the Corellians um, through the colleges. And a lot of the colleges actually um, started groups. So uh, it, it was fun, you know, because you got to see a lot of stuff. But it's also fun when you have a lot of different people in your group. I mean, I practiced Dianic for a long time. I love having men in my circle. Yeah. Um, it's a whole different flavor of energy. Yeah. And kids, I have never, I had a little three-year-old who loved dolphins. God bless his little heart. He called dolphins. He called West. Yes. He would run over there. We'd say, okay, it's ritual, you know, because everybody comes in and talks. Yeah. and all that. Okay, everybody, we got to get started before midnight. Let's go. Yes. 
So you blow your whistle and everybody gets in position. And he would, he knew exactly where he was going. He was going, and I had him out in my backyard and I had the tiki torches, the metal ones, and it was painted blue. And he'd run over there and he'd stand. And he stood till everybody, and then he knew when it was his turn. And he would just sit there and you just see him getting all excited and then he'd get welled up and he'd yell, Dolphins! At the top of his lungs with all of his heart. He had the best energy. Yes. And the most pure energy. And this well, little guy, he called dolphins with his heart. Well, I've, I've said, you know, uh, one of those, uh, calling our quarters Ancient of Ancients. My son is, he's very eclectic with his path. I mean, he will, he takes, uh, you know, a bit of Christianity, but if he's sitting around the house just cleaning or something like that, he'll sit there and sing Ancient of Ancient. Just, just, just. It's amazing. Um, this little guy was was the most awesome dolphin caller I've ever had. Yes. Um, and it was amazing that uh, the adults, first of all, most of the time you're told you can't bring your kids. Yes. 90% of the time you're told no children. And they'd say, well, I don't have a sitter tonight. Well, why would you want a sitter? Yeah. Well, it's ritual. Well, how if you don't teach your children, somebody else somebody will. Somebody else will. You know, and you might not like it. So I had all ages in my circle. I have had my granddaughters. Um, my my favorite, some of the most energetic are the, you know, the little ones. Oh, you know, the, the toddlers. The, yes. They they oh, really get it. Yes, they, they get it. Uh, and then you have, you know, the rebellious teenagers. The I really don't want to be yeah, yeah, I really don't want to be here. But then, you know. Halfway through, all of a sudden, you see him doing all the right <laughs> symbols, and you see him doing all the right things. Like, yeah. Because yes. my granddaughters were teenagers when I had a lot of rituals at my house with my daughter, and I'd get the snarky, oh, we got to do this again. Ritual again, you know. Oh, well, you can pick out the robe you want to wear. Oh, I can? Well, only if you're going to do ritual. If you're not going to do ritual, no. It's amazing. Girls in clothes, I can get away with that one. But it, it really is amazing that we did a, if you remember when we did uh, Prince William Forest back in what, 2006, we had a children's program and they did their own ritual. And to see the kids, yeah. see teenagers come together and actually work up the energy and do it, it is amazing. Yeah. Um, of course, their energy is anything but steady. It spikes all over the place. But it's, it's like teenagers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you need three or four high priestesses there just to contain that crap. But I, I really think that it it is awesome. And this is the time of year where the kids are dressed up anyway. And yes. they're in their fantasy, whatever it is they're dressing as. And to do ritual right after our trick-or-treating doesn't take away from either side because you are personifying what you want to be at that point in time. And I've, I've done ritual with my kids after trick-or-treating. They've been in their little costumes, whatever, and we've done ritual right there. Of course, mom's usually is a witch, so, it you know, it, like my son said, aren't you going to be something different than you are all the time? <laughs> So I said, no, because I have so many black witches' outfits. Um, so we would do it like that. And the kids really, it it kind of combined it 
to where my kids blended it like it was part of what it was supposed to be. So they got their fun. They did their trick-or-treating. They came back. We did ritual. Then we went through the candy and, you know, just did yeah. the normal things. Because your ritual only lasts 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, unless you really, and I don't, you know. <laughs> but you're doing it with your kids. They pretty much know what's going on. Do the quarter calls. Do the thing. <laughs> They, they they have the routine down. They know exactly what they're what you're doing. Yeah. Right, and to me, blending that together is absolutely the only way to go. All right. Well, it's been fun. Oh, it has been. Oh my goodness. Again, we went over, but you know, it happens. Uh, <laughs> I'll have you back on soon. I hope. Yes. Um, I'm... Right now, I think the next one for this month is going to come up, and that hopefully my Linda will be back. I might take a break, uh, but I do appreciate you coming on, Jason, and, and sharing What's with us. What's my pleasure? Tonight. Thank you for having me. We have so much fun when we're together, and you've got to um, plan a trip down here. Yeah, I yeah. come up there, but it's cold. <laughs> I don't do that very well, but it's uh, it was eighty three here today. With a it nice fifty here today. Yeah, um, when I went to, I actually went and dug crystals at. Um, in Arkansas hot mm -hmm. springs and it's quartz crystals. And, um, we had a blast. I was with Angela from, uh, compassion league and Miranda. And I got like this whole table now full of crystals that I actually have to go through. <laughs> um, I was thinking about giving crystals away for trick or treat. So I've got that many now. They didn't tell me that, you know, you, you pick them up and you take them because you don't have time to wash them. So you just have like all these rocks that are covered with clay. And then when you get home, it's like, oh, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like flipping out while I'm cleaning them. I'm like, oh my God. Um, but um, we actually earthed in the, because I didn't realize I'm from West Virginia. When you say mine, I'm thinking you're going into something. This was on top of it. Uh, yes. A mound of dirt. So we spent the whole day earthing in the dirt. So um, for those of you who have not had a chance to play in the dirt in a while, that was a great way to do it. Um, I highly recommend anybody to do the quartz um, digging. It's really cool with the kids because there was a bunch of little kids and you're, oh, I got a diamond. And I was just like, oh my God, they were so funny. You know, they're like, they're right on the top of the ground. And they're so excited. These little guys are trying to dig and they're coming up with these little points and they just think it's the cat's meow. It was so much fun. But hopefully you'll get down here this way and we can uh, really get into trouble. Mm. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. We never get into trouble together. <clears throat> never. Looking for the lightning to hit. But I do appreciate you coming on the show and giving me a handout. Um, We'll have you back soon, I hope. We'll hope to have my Linda back so she can uh, kind of get back and let us know what's going on with her. Yeah. Until next week, uh, the word, got to get a word. What am I going to use for the word? How about Samhain? And so please so. don't spell it. Samhain. Or Samhain, as my Scottish ancestors would say. Because in Scotland, the uh, Gaelic... In, in America, it's called pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice, yes. I love pumpkin spice. I'm terrible. I had to have pumpkin spice coffee every day through October. It, Get anyway, but thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see everybody again next week. Uh, 
keep it real and we'll see you and next week we're going to talk a little bit about more about the kids and see how um, we can incorporate them and their belief system so we'll see you then blessed be mm -hmm.